Evelyn is my big sister who I met in St. Lucia in t- about three and a half years, four years ago. And we met spontaneously or synchronicity or whatever the word is, divinely. And ever since, we've, we speak a couple of times a week. At least. For the last three, or three, four years. And I don't know, I just love you instantly and I feel like you're... Con- you're powerful as fuck. <laughs> you're like so. Evelyn's someone that meditates for three, four hours at a time every day, and you have a connection point to a greater field of reality. How would you better describe it than that? I do. Um, I do meditate often. Um, sometimes when I can, three to four hours a day, and when I go in, I go into everything as me. So. Uh, I'll tap into a tree. Like my meditation may be uh, a tree that day because I want to know more. Um, and I, I don't see a difference between me and anything. And as a result, it's easier to go and tap in and then get the energy and information that's just around us that we can't see by tapping into, you know, all of the energies that are around us. So... Yeah, it looks a little crazy to people sometimes when I hug trees and ask for information. But <laughs> but that's what that's the that's the nature of what you are and your capability, and it's beautiful. And yeah, I, I like honor it. it. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It works for me. And so well, the main reason I want to have this conversation with you, Tev, is I mean, a just an excuse because we're in the same part of town. Evelyn it works for one of the world's most known human beings, and as a personal chef, um, making them very very healthy with Ayurvedic and other such meals yes and <laughs> we, other such possible. meals <laughs> <laughs> yeah we won't say the other such yeah. but um, you have this capability to do powerful things work with powerful people help powerful people and that's just a little premise but the point of this conversation I feel is to talk about your work and your knowledge and your research around human history particularly reframing or looking at a new attitude towards the segregation in America that I found like you see from a distance with like the police brutality and all the different things through the news from Australia but then you get here and you see that the segregation is actually quite a real thing and it's something that was I felt disgusted by as soon as I felt it tangibly when I got to LA just in the peripheral you know like it's not super gross obvious but it's just in the subliminal or at least I saw it in the subliminal I'm sure it's in the gross in other parts but I feel like your attitude to all your new research is, and you did a talk about this in Atlanta recently, is super relevant for people to have a have a true history of humanity and, and how we're all one, and particularly with history stemming from Africa. Yeah, and you know, it's so funny, Jeremy. Well, thank you, first of all, for inviting me here, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. as I said before, this is just us, how we normally talk. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very interesting, the last uh, year in particular... Um, the last, I would say the last five years of my life has been really interesting. And so I'm just to preface, I had a very powerful, mystical, spontaneous, mystical experience that made me realize something I was not aware of before was that our human existence was largely illusion. And that really what we were, were souls as one. And we were all one. And when I, when I had this realization, it kind of you know, turned me upside down for for a while in a good way. I wanted. I started questioning who I really was and what humanity really was. Mm. But I started not. But fortunately, 
this took me to a place, um, it was an inner journey, and it really allowed me to go into myself and see myself and understand myself as soul. And that has been my quest. Mm. So I'm really happy that I started that journey before this research. I'm a researcher. I own mm. 2,000 books plus. Mm. Um, most of them on everything from physics to esoteric studies, in particular, um, esoteric old spiritual um, text. Mm. So as it relates to African history, I knew very little. I knew only what was taught in the little bit that was that's taught in school. Um, and a very, very good friend of mine recently, I would say last year, and she's an older, wiser friend of mine. She's one of my elders, very mystical, beautiful, spiritual soul. She said she brought up a conversation to me about the police brutality and the, 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 the seems to be there was an uptake on violence with police officers and in, in, in African blacks in, mm-hmm. in America. And I generally, before that point, lived in a very rose-colored world. You know, mm. I'd already been told mm. in, from my mystical experience that, oh, it's all illusion. We're all one. We're all souls. So mm. I never really, I, I, would, I was aware of this, but I still saw it as, oh, yeah, but this is all illusion. It's a diversion. Mm. This mm-hmm. is not really happening. Mm. This is an illusion. And so she, she brought up the conversation. She said, what do you think it is? And I remember saying to her, ah, I started to answer and then she said, no, 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 you're the researcher. I want you to go deeper, go deeper. Mm-hmm. So I started going in and, and researching, but not really seriously. Um, until a couple of things led to it. I remember I had a powerful meditation one day. Um, and in that meditation, I'm very greedy when I meditate. Most people meditate to feel bliss. I meditate because I want to know shit. Yeah. You know, it's like, I want to know. And I'm very demanding when I meditate because I know there's that really powerful wisdom that we think is metaphorical. But when I've accessed it, it's true. Knock and you shall, the door will be open. Seek and you shall find. Ask and it shall be given. So I go in meditation, sometimes for bliss, sometimes to just totally... Just balance my nervous system to like to recharge my endocrine system for the the medical benefits of meditation. But a lot of times I go in because I want information that's not visible, Mm. that's in the ether. Mm. And so I had a meditation one day because a young man had asked me a question about. He asked me what was consciousness. And I remember thinking, huh. He was young, and I didn't. Not that I didn't take him seriously, but I did. But when I got home, I went in deeper. And as I, as I came out of that meditation, some things popped up for me. And the quest really began, or, or start a, a, another layer of my quest. The questions that popped into my head was, who am I? Where did I come from? Where am I going? And for me, I'm very curious, and I'm a very greedy, curious kid. Hmm. So I really want to know everything, not just from what I read in a book, or a mystical teacher told me, like in India, I struggled in India because everyone goes there for enlightenment. And I came in like, no, I'm not here for enlightenment. I just want to know stuff. <laughs> you know, I want to know the practical mechanics of what you're teaching. Mm-hmm. And so when I asked those questions, who am I? Where did I come from? Where am I going? I wanted to really find out for real. I wanted to mm-hmm. know outside of all of the beautiful esoteric mysticisms of those, those questions. And, and that day I happened to be studying, um, I had been at the time decoding Egyptian hieroglyphs through Jewish Kabbalah mm. and the Jewish alphabet. Mm. And I did a meditation on, on a few of those alphabets, and I, it's too long to go into, but within that moment, um, 
I was led to a friend of mine called me that day and he told me about an article in the New York Times um, all in the same day right after this meditation that stated a huge study that was done that black African men black men in America irregardless of their socioeconomic background um, ended up either poor or a lot less um, wealthy or, or successful as their white counterparts but even worse um, financially um, as they get older than even white men that had less when they were growing up. And his response to this was my friend, who's a very prominent African-American doctor in, um, in New York, said, you know, so now what it means is I'm going to pull back my resources, our resources, my peers and I, because they're men of influence, that they do a lot in the, Afri- the low-income communities to focus on them, their, their, their children, because if they're paying 60000 a year for high school for their kids and their kids may still end up poor, they have to like pull away and refocus. And I said to him, I said, I got really angry because I come from a, you know, a very, I come from the rainforest. We don't have a lot where I come from. You've been there. Mm. And I said, but you don't even know who you are. I said to him, I said, and that's the problem. You don't know. Do you know who you are? I said, that's we don't know who we are. And he really didn't really take me seriously. But that really stuck with me. And when you say that, what do you mean? You don't know where you're. Gr- we don't know who we. we your heritage. We don't know who we are as 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 in America as as Africans as blacks. You're told one thing. So I still, even having said that, I still didn't even know what I was saying. It was like a voice was speaking to me, telling me, "But you don't know who you are. So who are you? Where do you come from? And where are you going?" Those questions came back up. It was like part of. It was like it was surreal. It was the same day all of this happened. So then I really decided to focus my research. And, and initially, I, 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 you know, you, you shared a lot of this with me because I sent you a lot of this information. Mm-hmm. I was flabbergasted at first. Mm-hmm. I had no clue. I knew nothing about African history before mm-hmm. um, slavery and colonization. I didn't know. So there was so much I didn't know. Like there were 10 Roman emperors that were black. I didn't know that all the Greeks had written about Africans. I didn't, there was so much I came to find out. And initially, it made me angry. It made me really angry because I was back into my third dimensional self of like, this is wrong. Mm. How do we not know this? Who's keeping this from us? And, and, uh, and a lot of it, I've, you know, I've, I've shared with you. But um, what, I, what I found, and, and I know there's, there's a lot to cover here, but as I said, I'm so happy I went I started at the beginning of what it was to be soul and the layer of what it means to be black. Thankfully. That's a great distinction. Yeah. I mean, I mean in this soul, process. because, you know, there's just another layer. And it's not that it's not relevant. It's very relevant. But finding out who, that quest, who am I, where did I come from, where am I going? Because of the type of student I am, I took myself on a journey to find out actually in third dimension, what that means. And in this mm, dimension, mm. I happen to be in the body of a black woman, mm. you know, black, dark skin, brown woman. Mm. And, and that has a very different um, relevance, especially in the geopolitical climate in the United States. Mm. Um, and going deeper, in, you know, when I share this story, it's always really, I share it, I'm really excited to, to share it. Um, what I also want to focus, what I've come to... F- in the in the in the end, and is to understand the relevance to blacks or Africans, and its relevance to people who we all are, 
as as people as a species and um and that's been an incredible journey and mm. i'm still on it mm-hmm. you know i'm still there and so where did it take you because because you took you to point that all human history comes from africa right is that was that is that too far well no it's it's you're right it took me to the fact that besides all the beautiful things i learned about what the the children of the sun the brown in brown skin all over the planet on the research and I've had now I have over 100 books from scholarly works all the way from Herodotus to Tacitus to um, uh, Gerald Massey from ancient to now points to one thing is that at one point we were all these brown people and we still are. And and so as exciting as it was at first and it still is to find out, you know, yes, Donald Trump, we're not idiots. We're actually the founders of all these civilizations but across the globe and at a certain point the more I research I remember one day I did a meditation because I was really still in that like oh I can't believe they lied to us and they were keeping this from us and I decided to meditate back into my ancestry and because there's very little that you can find out there's a lot of great scholarly work but really mm. for me to find out all the real knowledge and information I, I go into meditation mm. and I started I, I reached out back in my mind to my grandmother who had passed reaching back to her grandmother her reaching back to her grandmother and I just kept seeing my hands to hands reaching back and at a certain point I got sucked all the way back into what I felt like was this almost like a vortex and and I had this Buddha right in my room going into the meditation. And part of my, 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 my meditation, my, project, my, my projection was, I'm going to connect to the essence and the spirit of Buddha, who is, was a brown man hmm. with his, his little nappy hair that now we're like, oh, that makes so much sense. I lived in India. I never saw anybody with nappy hair like Buddha. So um, the, his, the historians up until the last century notes that he was definitely a nappy-headed, big, thick, lip nose man and there's still caves all over asia that 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 depict him as he really was um anyway or i i mean buddha was just it's all of us as mm. we the, the mm. real the real essence of buddha's message but as mm. i tapped in i got sucked into this meditation all the way back in and i remember feeling this energy that came through to me and said the message is love and forgiveness and don't you see you're all one. We're all one. And I remember like I was I had been in this for two hours. I was in this meditation and I came out of it like <gasps> that's the message because I was I had gone so far down the rabbit hole. Because the rabbit hole is pretty tempting. It's delicious. It's as as a, a, a person of color, it is so wonderful to walk in new it's like walking in new skin when you discover well, this is who we are, and this person was black, and this person was black, and on and on and on. So awesome. Mm-hmm. And then, but then you get into what America, just the West in general, the, the, the duality of the planet we live in mm. right now. It's a beautiful one when you look at it from a soul perspective, but when you're in the physical, it's all about dual, duality. So it makes sense. Every layer of this is about duality. So then the duality of being brown, sets in and the richness of that and of course my head went up in the air like oh <laughs> yes queen <laughs> i knew it <laughs> and in that meditation it was like listen child 
you're missing the point. You start it all in the same place. And the only, our separation, I would say a, a physical separation as far as how we look physically is so recent mm. from the archaeological records. I, there's a lot of um, the mainstream scientists that will say, and again, I, I qualify this. I'm no, I'm no scholar. I have, I'm not a, I, I'm not I don't have a degree or PhD in history, but I think most of the stuff that's out there is so programmed mm -hmm. and bullshit because in the mainstream, because all of this information, it's peer-to-peer -peer reviews. I mean, they're writing about this all like every hue and color and race of science on a high level that's not in mainstream mm -hmm. is talking about the real history of the planet. But it's not, it never comes to mainstream because it really turns everything you're taught in school on its head. So it's yeah. not convenient. It's a very, humanity's history is very inconvenient because of the polarization. But it's just one history. It really is. And it's so recent. And when I got so stuck in um, duality, the meditation brought me back into, you can't tell this message if you don't really fully understand. As important as it is to understand that the founding civilizations of everywhere in the planet were brown people, it is as important to recognize that at one point the entire planet was brown. And how long ago was that? Well, according to the archaeological evidence, the last main major ice age of 20,000 years ago. And that's when the split, because the, the planet was not as, as, as cold. It was a lot more moderate. And it was when, um, because melanin, which makes the skin so brown, mm. um, needs a lot of sunlight mm. to absorb vitamin D, which is really important for health. And there were, asked, there were parts of our population as a humanity, a species that were that had less melanin the melanin had been shut off it's just it still happens today if you look at places in south india like um Kerala, where I, I lived for a little while um there are people that have no melanin even though the, the most of the population is as brown and 10 times darker than i am mm. there are people that have that look caucasian because the melanin is shut off it has been that way for a history um there's been this this switch is the switch when people went white or why do people go white no but i was saying that, that i i honestly don't understand the science of um what uh, well the, the scientific term is albinism but it's just with the melanin is less activated in your system right and but you're the same the same person the same species and you those the that set of our brothers and sisters benefited were able to benefit from the ice age and the cold less um, sunny climates, mm. colder climates, mm. because they didn't need as much um, sunlight to absorb vitamin D, because um, melanin also blocks off a lot of the 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 um, the rays, the the uh, radiation from the sun, but it also blocks off the vitamin D, which is why we need, if you're brown, twenty times more sunlight to absorb vitamin D. But if you're, if the melanin is shut off in your system. It's easy. You thrive. And, and even the way that we develop, and I say we because it's, it's still, it's we developed. Some of us develop differently just because we're a really superhuman machine. And so where there's cold, you needed longer hair mm. to cover your neck and your shoulders and your scalp. You needed um, narrow, narrow features, you know, so that you can have to, less heat is, escapes. It's right. all, it's all there. It's all climate. It's all climate. Dependent. But somehow... Um, you know, as the time went by, obviously we forgot, and there's that's there's there's a lot of 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 of, of history to the forgetting, but now you're in you're in on the third dimensional level. You see the duality of us completely not recognizing ourselves 
as each other. Mm. And there is this huge level of profiting mm. that goes into that. Mm. You know, and I've lived, I've lived in a lot of different places. Well, I've lived in Europe, I've lived in Asia and the Caribbean, and I've traveled all over the world. And I rarely experienced, like the one thing I know where I've lived or visited, I'm usually the only brown girl there, you know? Mm. And the, the reaction human to human is always so welcoming. Like Greece, for example. Mm. And so... So there's, there's, but then you're not, you're not aware of this, especially when you're here, when you're away from it, the reality of humanity and you're, you're basing it on the news and the duality and the polarization. You think that mm. we really are separate. Mm. But I think when humanity gets it, when we get a chance to just be with each other without all the noise and the division and the manufactured division, mm. we remember ourselves just as humans. Mm. I mean, one, one thing I thought about is white men are biologically insecure because of the globe is warming and so therefore their anatomy isn't as good at dealing with warm temperatures or, or more sun? Well, melanin definitely, um, having you, everyone has melanin in them, you know? And I, I, I really want to focus, as I said, you know, like, and I, I, I want to reprogram myself and I've been doing reprogramming myself to say we because that's so important for us to start saying we. Mm. You know, um, the la- ignorance breeds insecurity and our ignorance at this point is 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 i would say somewhat manufactured or it's, it's by design but um so less melanin you have i mean there's so much to having more melanin in your system I and mean, this is a planet that's you think about you live on a planet doesn't it make sense that you were once brown you live on a planet where the the, the main energy source browns your skin <laughs> right mm. And all of my white friends to this day, my white brothers and sisters, they go out to this, they want to tan. There's a primitive memory Mm. of being brown, Mm -hmm. right? Mm. There's a primitive memory of that nurturing. For me, it feels close to the source. I've always found black people have a greater capability to embody their soul. Very, very soulful. Well, I mean, so scientifically, and this is, I have some great, a great reading list I'll, I'll follow up with. You could put links to on your podcast later. Scientifically, we as a people, um, when there's more melanin, mel, it shows that melanin and it's, anyone can access more melanin in their system and, or just have more brown babies and get all get mixed up and stuff. But mm-hmm. that's a whole other story. But mm-hmm. melanin, in, it's a very interesting um, 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 in our bodies, how it works. Melanin uh, uh, conducts, and this is all science, this is not myth, and there's some w- crazy myths out there about melanin, and it makes black men have super powers down there, hmm. all this crazy stuff. It makes people act violently or less violently. It's, a lot of it is, there's a lot of myth, but there's a lot of really good science. Melanin has been studied more than anything else in the human body. In particular, one of the things that they've discovered, and I, I'll give you, again, all the, the research information, is that melanin transforms and conducts energy in ways similar to the sun. So when you think about yourself, really, and you say closer to source and children of the sun, really, melanin does. It, it really then connects you to your, your kinship. It's like a solar panel, like your skin yes, is a solar panel. So, and then you go back to, again, solar, sun. We're all children of the sun. And, and it shows in, in the melanin in our body. So when you say you feel closer to source, melanin, another thing about melanin that's really interesting is that it also, it, 
it protects the body from toxins, but that can also be detrimental. So melanin traps toxins in your system and releases it really slowly so that your body can acclimate and it doesn't just overdose at one time. However, it means for white, white, black skinned people, heavily melanated people struggle with drug abuse more is because the toxins linger in their skin longer. Oh, wow. In, in their bodies. The melanin traps it and release, like, it's like a slow release in your system. Oh, that's fascinating it's to know. fascinating. I mean, the more you study it the, from a scientific perspective, and that's the thing about it. It's like we literally, as a humanity, we don't, we don't, we just absorb, yes, we take the news and what we're told, and I see all Sorry, of the So just to interject quickly, that's, that's maybe a tributation to why Aboriginal Australians have taken illly to alcohol yes, or to Western because they didn't have the... Yeah, their body is holding it longer in their system and releasing mm. it slower. Wow. And that's and you see it with, with Indigenous Native American people. But I say that to say we, 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 we were programmed to a world of no questioning. I grew up in a family that was very religious. You don't question, you just accept what is it, what is. I struggled. I was beaten all the time because I always wanted to know, but why? For me, it was, but why? So for me, as I started the research about, again, you know, being, you know, black or being this brown body, I wanted to know the why of it. And humanity, we don't ever ask the why of my body. Mm. Why my nose? Why is it shaped like this? Why mm. my teeth? Why mm. my hair? Mm. Women just, just shave their bodies without asking, why my hair there? Mm. Why? You know, and so when you start asking the why, there's all the answers are there because the research is there. Science is not sleeping on this, but we don't question. So but you find brown skin people all over the world, especially women in Asia and Africa are bleaching their skins. And, and back in the day, you know, like, you know, the, it was it was the it was the reverse where women, people wanted to be darker mm. or, 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 or look like the people at the time that were seen as especially in the day of the the early greeks and where the 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 the, the more like herodotus says the Dark Ethi- is healthy yeah the ethiopians were the most um um royal and and they were they, they saw them as like the most knowledgeable wise um race even zeus all of the gods in according to the greek homer were hanging out with the ethiopians mm-hmm. and so the point is when we don't ask questions we stay in ignorance, and someone profits from that. Our bodies are really these supercomputers, and some came out brown. I mean, whites have just as much um, um, invested in the success of the brown people that came before because that's your ancestors. Hmm. And they weren't like some pig, wild pygmies running around in trees. They were like just like you and I, but even more civilized today. There than than we are now because we we we're tricked to believe we're civilized, <laughs> you know, and and we don't even really know that word. People talk about words they don't even understand the origin of, and um, just as blacks have or brown skinned people have as much to be proud of as what our lighter skinned brothers and sisters have accomplished today. Because when you think about at the time to be um, to be at the time when um, when there were more brown people on the planet, um, having less melanin was not necessarily some, uh, it wasn't a, a special attribute. It actually made you much more susceptible to being hurt, hurt or harmed in the environment, especially in a place where there was sun everywhere. And so when you came out, when they came out, I mean, a lot of it, you know, they, they started from scratch. 
you know, and I think part of the insecurity, and this is just, you know, my observation and from just human behavior, I understand the insecurity. I understand the need to like want to hold on because you feel so fragile because it, there's not, there's a primitive distant memory when you were not necessarily, uh, when we, we were not, we didn't have as much mm-hmm. and we weren't, you know, at the, fo- the founders of these civilizations and now you have it. And there, you know, the funny thing about it is though, that there are people like when I told you this information, you didn't go, oh, I don't know, Ev. You were like, that makes a lot of sense because mm. you think you go, hmm, well, let me really analyze this. Let me think. Oh, let me research. And I think it's really most people. I really believe that because I interact with people based on everyday people. Mm. I'm much more open to this information than the people that are manufacturing the e- ignorance and the suppression of this information. Mm-hmm. Because it, like a kid, when I tell little white friend, my nieces and nephews, their their white friends, this they go, that makes a lot of that makes sense, huh? That's interesting, you know. Mm. So I think it's people will start looking at it. Um, I think we're coming to the point where, especially the younger younger generation, will come to that. The, I did an amazing talk in Atlanta, which was really powerful and awesome. Mm. At a certain point, as I was at the beginning of my research, you know, there was some like, oh, they've kept this from us as well. Mm. And I had to bring it back to, you know, who the they and the we are. Mm. And going back to the gift of uh, searching for myself as a soul Mm. before searching for myself as a human. I I think that's a really, really powerful point of transcending the reactionary and sitting with it and not being angry and then responding. I mean, it's like Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, they kind of had the same energy about them. He's the other really great guy that I saw a doc on it recently and I absolutely Marcus? Thought, no. Yeah, okay. Oh, he was wise beyond years. Like, But he just, when he was confronted with racism publicly on TV, he would transcend it there and then and give us the wisest response. And it was just... I remember watching him and just being so taken aback by how powerful and how how what he knows like it's he's tapped into the knowledge and knows exactly what the truth is so he he transcends a personal response and goes no in fact it's this that's going right. on and I, I I found that so beautiful I think when someone transcends their own pain and gives a response that's of a higher vibration or of wise or tr- more true I think it's just such a powerful response and I think that is so needed right now particularly with everything that Donald Trump's doing for people black people white people anyone that d- just disagrees with the ignorance he's storming up well I agree with you 100% and I, I will, no, there's no but here now so speaking of transcending it so what's amazing about this I'm part, not sorry I'm not no, saying it's not bad no it's, no no it's, no. it's good to, it's fine to have the emotional response no no well. and I agree where I'm going you we've gone there this is going to mm. come up very familiar to you but um this is a really, and I, I know this more than just intellectually. I know this because of my spiritual journey. This is a teaching planet. This so-called dimension that we are in of the third reality. And I've come to understand this absolutely, completely, not from a book, not from like any guru or mystic. I'm the worst student when it comes to following mystics or gurus. But I personally, I know that everything here is to teach you something. I know this firsthand. And so what's great, what has been great about 
approaching this after the fact that I went, I started my spiritual and my soul journey. Yes, first of all, I was angry. I, mm. I do allow myself to mm. feel my emotions now because mm. anger is such a healthy, incredible emotion mm. if it's channeled. Mm. If you can understand what the purpose of emotions. I think to release it in a safe space, it needs yes. to be released. And then it needs to be released and then it's like, then, okay, I'm angry, what am I going to do about it? Yeah. Anger without an evolution because it's contraction and expansion. Anger or pain is like contraction mm. and then birth. But if you just, you're wasting that beautiful energy if you do nothing to evolve past it. And so when that person, someone said in the audience, something that was a bit like incendiary and very Donald Trump-esque from a, a black person, I had to pull it back in and I said, well, let's just talk about Buddha for a minute. And really what the point is, and I say, and this is what I know. And this is the, it's kind of like a, it's a cosmic joke for me, not in a way where I don't think this is like really important because when you feel and when there's injustice, you have to take action. That's the beauty of evolution. Hmm. But when you understand yourself as soul in a body, <laughs> it's, can I curse on this? Hmm. It's fucking amazing. Because then you really start having fun in this classroom. You see so many opportunities to evolve. And I'll, I, I, the only, the, before I, I'm going to preface this by saying when I was in India, I was struggling. I was staying in an ashram. And I struggled in India for so many reasons. Just because I'm stubborn. I don't believe you find enlightenment outside. No, I was just flabbergasted by all the white women with good families from all over the place, walking around bare feet in the mud and cow dung. And I was so mortified. I was like, what is this? I stayed in an ashram on a wooden bed, really angry because I couldn't sleep, church, temple bells ringing, and I finally lashed out at the Swami and I said, and the only reason I stayed in an ashram is because I read, you know, autobiography of a yogi and I wanted to, I wanted to be there, right? Big mistake. Or not. But I said to the Swami, what is all this for? How can you meditate with all this noise? How can you hear your inner voice? What is all this for? And he just looked at me, and this is what, talk about real evolution. He was still calm. I was lashing out. I was ungrateful that they had, like, brought me blankets and all this stuff. I was being fed for free. And he said, um, <laughs> you know, he just looked at me like looking at a little child. And he said, you know, and I'll give you a paraphrase. We come into our bodies as souls a sun, pure energy. And you get a certain amount of inherited energy each time you come into a body, into a new physical existence. And you come to evolve. And so you start at birth with an inheritance. So let's say it's $100. Let's put it in, human, in, in, in Western terms. Your purpose while in body is at a minimum to hold that your $100 purse. You keep it by staying balanced in spite of all the noise and all the distraction. You just eat well, make sure you don't, you know, like lose your energy through bad habits. Because when you leave your body, you want at least to make sure you have the allotted amount of energy this you came in with. Or even better, you can grow your energy, grow your soul, your sun, which is in this body, by doing good works by transcending pain 
and struggles and challenges by 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 like embracing them like the like the buddha said you know when the buddha said there is no suffering it got so lost because i'm a very practical kind of chick like no suffering what the hell are you talking about pain is pain but then when you understand the purpose of suffering as a soul is different to pain isn't it yes Pain, but when you, if all of it, when you understand its purpose, it's like playing pa- a video game. Like the bigger the challenge with that awareness, you like, oh, I'm going to embrace this. I'm going to welcome it. I'm not going to, cha- I'm not going to resist it. I'm going to transcend it. I will find the lesson in th- this. I will find the beauty. I will find the love. I'll find the forgiveness. Because very practically, because I all of this like spiritual evolution and all this wonderful mystic stuff, for me, I want the practical application. And that's what the Swami gave me that day. The practical application of transcendence. So if you do these things, and so in my case, I was like, oh my gosh, my parents, yes, they were amazing. They were such assholes, I thought, but they were the best teachers. <gasps> I love you, mom. I love you, dad. So I started looking at everything like, what is the challenge? Bring it on. Because mm-hmm. when you leave your body and you have transcended these issues and these challenges, you grow your soul and you evolve to another, whatever the, that other existence is. But <laughs> this is the sobering part. If you leave with less than the energy you came in with, and how do you do that? You follow Donald Trump and you get caught into the like the game, the Apprentice White House edition. Mm. You don't forgive. You hold anger. You, mm. lo- you, you lose it. You don't stay in balance. Mm. You leave your body or sick, eating unhealthy. You leave and you come back with less energy. And who knows? He says that means in the case of a Brahmin, you may come in as a Brahmin and you come back as an untouchable. The point is, um, and I have a, there's a whole other story behind the, the caste system, but it became really practical for me how I started even just the perspective I had on what's going on back to even black history. When you understand this cosmic giggle. Giggle? Yes, this like cosmic funhouse or, or, or classroom, mm. this earth. When you see how you separate the, forget- the forgetfulness, when you understand yourself as soul, you laugh and you go, wow, I get it. I see why I played this game with myself of forgetting myself because now I'm remembering myself. And I'm like, wow. And, and that's, what, that's the point. Donald Trump, I think, I know. Understanding the perspective of soul. And the more people like you and I talk to about it, when you give them this, this perspective, it resonates. He's the best thing that's happened to America in a very long time. He's the very best. The shadow and the light. He's the shadow. And we, we lived in this world of a fake light with Barack Obama and all the wonderful things that he supposedly represented. We can pretend our ugly bits weren't there. Donald Trump has, has brought up all the ugly bits. And everybody's looking at them now. All of the ugly bits. So you're saying, it's, and what the Swami told you, is like the evolution is our greatest desire and the point of evolution taking place practically is the very point in which you transcend pain point suffering um, racism race, yeah any yeah. kind of any kind of separation the ignorance the ignorance the yeah yeah and understanding but it's really important to not just from a mystical perspective because i think a lot of people get lost in the mysticism 
you know, a lot of the ancient Eastern teachings and yeah, then Christianity. And, and Christianity just made it even more confusing, mm. right? Or the mainstream religions. Mm. What I liked about what he said, I liked the very practical approach. For me, it's what is the practical approach to soul? What does that really mean in, in this body now? Understanding that. And then I decode everything from the etymology of soul, son, S-O-U-L, S-O-L, S-U-N. So what does it mean to be soul? And, and people, when you understand that we're just a Mazda talking to a Maserati, mm. you know, I'm mm. the Mazda, I have a little more miles on me, I'm a little <laughs> older, you this beautiful Maserati <laughs> with a lot less talking years on you. Ferrari. Okay, well, uh, and, and vintage Ferrari. <laughs> the point is, we're just cars. <laughs> yeah. And this game of forgetting, like, imagine we're sitting, imagine if your car started thinking it was it mm. that was the shit it was the one that went to work in the morning it was the one that cooked the food it was how ridiculous mm. right mm, mm, mm. but it's important there are layers of this so it, for me it was important to understand this layer now sharing this layer to to get rid of the ignorance and the the separation of the the, the um, inferior complex a lot of africans have but also to remind us our white brothers and sisters that look I'm you, you're me, and no, I'm I'm just this, I'm the same person that great gave you the civilization we all have today, as we when we were we the same color, and and so you so you feel like it's particularly lost because of the cultural narrative in America because all this all this history sounds and feels but in the world history. though yeah it's in the world it's like the whole planet right now I mean I talk to Africans that are completely from Africans in Africa that are completely still shackled in their minds can you give us a like I love that you're into practicality of this spiritual stuff because I think that because you are I feel like you're more scientific than yeah most. very scientific yeah you're, so can you give us a bit of a for anyone out there that is struggling with feeling oppressed or rejected or subscribing to the cultural narrative that they've been given, what's the next immediate step in order to process that pain or understand it better or transcend it or release it from themselves in a world that I, you know, I, I can't relate to. I can't relate to that feeling. I can relate in other ways, and I've done a previous podcast about it, but the particular racist stuff, like what's, what's a way that people can... How can we help? How can you help them? Well, I, I, it's one of the things. There, there are a few different layers to this, but one of the, the most important for me first is men know thyself. So you, if, because you're in this third dimensional space and this is the narrative. And when you say third dimensional, you're talking about the, the physical reality. Physical reality, yeah. yes. <laughs> yes, for, 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 for everyday CNN speak, the physical reality um, of the space that we're in. Thank you, Jeremy, for bringing me back here. Um, know yourself. And for me, knowing myself just physically. So what does it mean to be brown? Your history outside of what? And that's the point of even the talks that I've been doing is African history before slavery. Gotcha. Right. Yep. And so learn that history. And you don't need a Ph.D. You don't have to go. I, I did, the talk I did. I had um, college professors. One of them I used to teach with at Morehouse. Um, I had there were doctors, physicists, scientists, bankers, every different perspective of brown was in that room and very few 
And you've even had Andrew Young help you with this as well. Who's well, well, he's yes. Oh, well, I've I've worked with some of his people with this, mm. and the point is because Andrew Young did. We honored him in the last the conversation we had, and the, the organization is called Remember the Giants because he's a giant. I mean, he just transcended so much of the the, the racial challenges during the civil rights movement. He's Martin Luther King's right hand man. Yes, right? yes, absolutely, and and to now, mm. and what he's done globally. I mean, he's done. He's such a, a an idol, or if you want to have one in this. Mm. For, for me in this space and so um but the point is i found out that in this room was and i was very honest i didn't know this until you know i started looking most of us admitted in the room that we didn't know because you're just and 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 make going what was even more sobering we had some educators speak that were from the um you know the educational system of fish the um um executive positions that were telling us that History and so history is the only subject. I don't know about the rest of the country, but in Georgia, that is decided that the the curriculum and the standards decided on by politicians. Every other subject is decided on by the administration of education. Wow. Except history. Wow, that's fascinating. Fascinating. I sat up really straight. Nothing else had made any like that was the I zoned in immediately. And I realized, wow, what does it say that they're about the weaponizing of history? That's what it is. That's fascinating. Because when you, when you decide that we are going to decide what you learn about yourself, and it's so, the, 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 the mindset is so small and insecure because you're deciding the history, how you, what you learn about yourself, Jeremy. Mm. You're deciding what a, not just a black kid learns about themselves. You're deciding what a white kid learns because it's all of our history. Mm, yeah, you're deciding does. what a girl learns about herself. When you cut out history before now, so now in the, the standards in Georgia has changed significantly in this, this new year where they're only teaching history um, in uh, grade schools and middle school from uh, the independence to now with a few black figures. They consider indigenous history to be more cultural and not really relevant to, you know, American history. And then world history is only taught from 1492 when Columbus, who was such a monster, in my opinion, on record, I have the books by his, some of his, his people that were on the boat with him, Magellan, all of them, the records of that man, he was atrocious and horrific. And, but we're studying history now. That's the, man, the mandate is from the 1492 to now. What does that say about all of the histories of these are all of our histories and mm. how insecure that you feel that you're connect so for me I mm. say to mm. back to your question, you can get the information mm. most of the books I bought in um in you just start with a few and just start researching African history um and just all, whatever history you want to learn you can get it on amazon that's what's mm. as much as i have challenges with the the um the big companies having everything at least on amazon i got i would say 60 percent of my books um and i'll as, if you want I'll, I'll give you links of some really core books that i think people can start with so learn your history it's no one's fault i really do believe now especially if you're hearing this podcast there's no excuse for you to not start doing your own research you can't because that's the thing it's like no one you can't accuse really anybody of saying mm. you're suppressing it because mm. now we're in like the space of information right mm. so you can learn your history as a just in, in who you are and black and white we're all the same people so learn the history but then it's really important i think to understand that history and it's what if you're of any spiritual bent 
the practical application of that spirituality to listen closely to what's being told in the in the in the hidden messages go inside of yourself really it's so available it's so there and ask very i ask very practically you know i started it was like tell me something i don't know because the one of the things that ancients did have was a connection to the world that physics tells us is there that we don't see they knew that we only are accessed in our fifth cent five senses five six percent of the reality there's a whole other reality so go ask those questions mm. um but really starting with i the one of the questions we asked everyone in the audience who am i the classic philosopher's quest mm. where did i come from because it's and where am i going i remember when we were in st lucian you're telling me how the reason people feel so lost here is because they were lost. You know, they they came over from Africa, lost, landed, land on this island, had no knowledge of their past. And what's interesting too about the whole slave trade was really interesting because there were brown people all over the planet. It was not they didn't just take them from Africa as they're told in the history. They were everywhere. Right. Um, like for example, California, the state that we're recording this in, I was blown away when I found out it was named after. Um, Califia, which is this mythical Amazonian black queen. Well, it's all queen. Mexican. Half of America was Mexico, wasn't it? Yes, but it was also brown. They were all. I mean, the the history of the the Africans that sailed here before Columbus is well recorded. Wow. Yes, they were like 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 the the the, the kings of Mali. They were like they're serious um, navigators on record. It's wow. not even like a myth. It's wow. on record, and everybody knows it. But it's not taught in school that. Everybody came here before Columbus. Everybody got here. He was the last to the sail. It's, it's, he was the last. It just last. shows how arrogant the American history is, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's so embedded within politics, yeah. within the education system. It's super. Yeah, but it's not. But again, let's go back to it's not just American history. So because, for example, I say it's, it's very Western. Let's talk about even in Europe. in well, same in, as Australia. In so. England, you know, if, let's look at even the word nigger, right? Which, by the way... Not a horrible word. I'm going on record as a brown person. The, this is what really is, talk about the mind flip that they were, they've done, where just by the calling of who you really are, they've turned it into a curse. So nigger, which is the actual pronunciation of the, Ni the Niger, now we call the Niger River, and all of Ni the Nigerian region, all of that borders around the, the Great River. Was the, the niggers, people from the, the Nigers or whatever, they're calling it now, with people from the Great River. Region. So that was the source of that word. Nigger. And if you were from that area, especially if a European saw you, as, and, and they automatically, oh, the, your, your title, a lot of, there were um, Roman emperors with the, the title nigger. Um, Septimus Severus, one, the first black Roman emperor had the title nigger. Uh, Kenneth the Dub or Kenneth the Nigger was one of the greatest kings of Scotland. Black man. Because he was man. from that river. Because he was from Africa. And they right. just, they associated it because you were from that. That was a major river. It went through so much of Africa. And that's like a Hindus, the people from the river, right? So nigger was not a negative I had term. no idea, yeah. Yes, a lot of blacks didn't. I didn't know that. And so you now have a word that's actually a clue to who you are. But now it's, it's been flipped, so it's a curse. So when you hear it, you shudder. And for me, in a way, it's like almost like the ancestors programming the ether to wake you up. Because when you start going through 
like like um like even like in some of the the the, the english so that's why i go back to europe because europe Sometimes we'll point and say, well, Americans are racist. I'm like, well, let's let's talk about what you don't include in the in the history books. And let's go to great old England. Bless her heart. God bless the queen and all that. Um, is that there's, you know, the, the Knights of the Round Table and King Arthur. Really funny story, right? Um, there's, you know, the, the, there are, I think, 12 uh, magical gifts, um, uh, uh, tools or whatever of, of, of in their mythical, like, arsenal of the 12 magical um, um, items. 12 or 13. One of them is the number third um, is the horn of Bran, the niggard, right? Which happens to be a horn that you know, whatever you pour, it's like, a, it's like a horn that you pour, whatever you pour into it, whatever libation, whatever you pour into it, it could be water, it turns into whatever it is that you want to drink, right? It's this magical horn of Bran, the niggard, not a bad word then, that was given to him mythically by Hercules, Hercules, who happens to be, in all the records until recently, I've never seen him portrayed. The closest I saw him portrayed by anybody of Brown was when Dwayne Johnson played him in the last Hercules movie. Mm. But they give you this like very European Hercules. But Hercules, even at the the Getty Museum, the the the, the fragments of the pictures of him is a black man with curly hair. Mm. But the point is, even in the mythology of of, of the such a famous the Knights of the Round Table. They, there's a you know the, one of the best gifts is the brand the nigger, but then you have Kenneth the nigger, Kenneth the dub. You talk about the history of Europe of with the Grimaldis. Europe has such England in particular and Scotland. Mm. Scotland, the very name is comes from the name of, of, of uh, an Egyptian, the pharaoh, the name of a, the pharaoh's daughter of Egypt. You can that's on Wikipedia. <laughs> and so, like, so Europe they can't point fingers either. It's very much a part of the forgetting. Right. Um, and the, the research is very I have researched very few um, African or black scholars, you know, a few like shake NTD up. But very most of my research came from white scholars, white scientists, white mm. historians. Mm. So this is not like, oh, this is, you know, here Africans are trying to make themselves feel better. So for me, it's like an insult to like, you know, like you or these other beautiful young white kids that their forefathers didn't were so open and aware about their history of a humanity and a planet that they wrote about it very openly. So mm -hmm. why do you feel that? And they were still able, they were, they were writing about this and still evolving and flourishing. Mm -hmm. You know, it didn't mm -hmm. suppress and, and take away from what, you know, uh, our, our, our well, lighter brothers had. You'd flourish more. Yes. Yes, because then you don't hide. Imagine burning down, when you think about the burning down of the Library of Alexandria. My favorite historical woman is Hypatia, who was the head of the Library of Alexandria when the Roman church came in and like killed her violently, but burnt down over the years, wiping out the history. So now we're starting at the very beginning with medicine. Now you have medicine that doesn't really heal anyone. Because we don't have the knowledge of medicine. We don't even, we separated science and mm. spirituality and, mm. you know, into religion and science. Mm. When to our ancients, whatever their hue, it was one and the same. Yes. It was the way to, how do you understand the cosmos scientifically? You created stories that are relatable, that can explain some of the functions that are really just explaining how the bodies in, in, the, in the sky move. And so, just, you know, it's, but I, I, I to answer the question, Know your, do the research. It's really available, but it's everywhere. I'm going mm. to Europe. I'm going to be in England um, this month mm. and for a few months. And I'm so excited to travel to Ireland and Scotland to find the history 
of you know the brown people that are that were there mm. you know um because we it was we were just children of the sun everywhere all of us you included mm, mm. it's amazing it's beautiful what what's your feeling on ancient civilizations and if where we are at right now is obviously nothing but evolution is occurring and maybe this this height of ignorance and and forgetfulness about our union with the planet is is a necessary peak evolutionary step in lineal time or maybe it must be. It have, I, I agree. Be. No, I think you're right. We talk about this all the time, contraction and expansion. Mm. That's why this, on, on one level, it's important to take away the veils of illusion. So taking the truth and bringing back the truth about the reality of humanity's history is one layer of the illusion. It's the, the layer in third dimensional form. But once you start search, the quest for searching for yourself, there's only one self. There's only soul. So... As you pull apart the layers, you will always just come back to really who you are. Yes. Once you, as soon as you start that quest, one layer will speak of the differences in hues of the skin and the polarization of the physical bodies. But it will always lead to us as soul. And all of the mystical text says the same thing. Mm. Practically, though, because for me, it's like I always want, what does it mean? And it's to really not, I've been walking around more and more really embodying that me as a car, you know, I, like with a, a nice bumper and a nice, you know, like front rack and whatever. And all of the things that it takes to have the right fuel in my body, mm. and my car and, and really practicing that every day. But we're just souls and it's just a contraction and that's why when for me i have so much compassion for donald trump or all of the the supposedly horrifying people and events and calamities that have brought us to this point where we're literally at this point where we're going this is wrong this doesn't feel right this is not harmonious we're angry we're mad as hell. What are we going to do about it? We're going to evolve. You can't, if we, we were, if you stayed like everything is beautiful. I mean, if Obama had stayed president for the rest of our lives, we would all be, you know, like the fiddler. We would, they would whittle us, just play that nice little tune and take us right to the sea and we would drown in bliss and never wake up. Donald Trump came to shake it up. And I'm not condoning his behavior. I'm not saying he's the great. I think in some ways he's the greatest president for the reason what that this is the the cosmic contraction. And that's what he's brought forth. I white and black people are waking up going even the ones that thought they were Republicans. By the way, if you're Republican and you've never read The Republic, sit down, get that book and then start over. But the point is we're questioning everything again. What's the headline of the Republic book? Well, you know, the Republic, Plato's Republic is really fascinating. You know, people, I, they, my friends sometimes tease me because I read a lot of the dead books. And the Republic is really fascinating because it's literally the playbook for so much of the um, geo, geo, Western geopolitics of today. Right. Down to like even how, you know, best breeding of the races and who, how they get selected to, um, to medicine and. I mean, it's just, it's really, uh, uh, it's, it's mind-blowing 
it will, and it has so much truth. In one, one ask one part of the Republic, one in one, I forget which which um, chapter. Um, Socrates tells Glacon, um, and it's very relevant to the the subject today. How do you convince a people of a lie? And they laugh. <laughs> well, um, Glacon goes. Uh, well, you know, you you can tell it to the person, but they won't believe it. And, you know, and even their grandchildren won't believe it, possibly. And I paraphrase. So if you're a diehard Plato fan, don't kill me, but you get the gist. <laughs> You'll tell it to the great grandchildren. They may not believe you because they're still obviously too close to the origin of the lie. But if you keep telling that lie without fail, unchanging, maybe the children's children's children will start to believe you and will see that lie forward as truth. So it was literally giving you the playbook. How do you tell a lie? How do you tell a humanity that they're separate? It takes centuries of embedding. It takes thousands of years. And in our case, it actually didn't even take, it took, it didn't, that's what's beautiful and really gives me a lot of hope. The lie is still pretty new in, 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 Context when you think about the span of us on this planet as a species, and it's not just 4,000 years as some of the fanatical Christians tell you, crazy, um, but in the span of human existence on this planet, it's easy, it's a, it's a pretty easy lie to reverse because it's only a few thousand years. It's mm. not that old, mm. Mm. you know, which gives me a lot of hope. The programming is not so embedded, which is why there's so much effort to continue finding distractions. Because the more I spend time with you or you spend time with me, or I spend time with a little Greek lady in the middle of nowhere in the south of Greece, in a mountainside, and she's hugging me and kissing on my cheek and feeding me like I'm her granddaughter. You're going, oh, but you're not different. Oh, yeah. I thought, oh, you're not different either. Oh, okay. This Mm, is whatever. What mm. are we fighting about? So, I mean, travel, I find... Is a great eye opener, isn't it? It's the best for, for anyone that wants a new yeah. perspective or some yeah. context on what the fuck. And to see what and, Earth and the, is. The thing is, one of the things too, as you say, another way you're saying, how else do you? How can I help encourage people to to transcend this? Travel is really important, um, but persp- having a positive perspective, in spite of the narrative, is so critical. Because one of the things I do know for a fact, and this is not just like hocus pocus, airy fairy stuff. Your perspective and all the last, like from Henry Ford to Rockefeller, all of the the guy, the big, um, the giants of the last century, told you this: your thoughts changes things. Your thoughts are things. And I, when I was moving to Greece, I'd never been. I wanted to go to Greece, never been. Didn't know anybody there. Didn't speak the language. I was like, done. I'm there. Mm-hmm. Right. Perfect. And that was part of my my awakening, too. I wanted to go to Greece for many reasons that were soul-related, but I especially wanted to go because I had never been, and I didn't know anyone. Mm. And my neighbors, wonderful neighbors, I lived on a farm back in Georgia at the time in a very white neighborhood. Some of my my, uh, neighbors were um, Tea Party members, you know? And uh, we had joint dinners. Like, we had Christmas dinners appetizers at my house and main course at Jill's house. I remember my neighbor Jill said to me, old Southern lady, almost 80, she goes, Evelyn, I wouldn't go to Greece if I were you. They're racist there. (laughs) They don't like black people. And she told, she wanted to point to this article her daughter had read about 
some horrible thing that happened to a black person in Greece. And I said, I said, Jill, with all due respect, they're going to love me. I know it. She goes, well, how have you? No, I've never been, but I just know they're going to love me. And it's going to be the best experience I've ever had. And let me tell you what, as, as they say in the South, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Greece was the most incredible experience I had ever had. I've never met more welcoming people. I was treated like a granddaughter or a sister, a friend. I got VIP treatment everywhere I went. I got um, uh, uh, um, compliment, uh, like a, a complimentary membership to the only private club in Athens that's like 20 euros a year. I, I, there was not a thing, no, there was not a village, a city I went to in Greece that didn't just open their doors like Jesus had gotten back. They were calling me, like they called, They were treated me like I was their relative. Mm-hmm. And I say that to say, when a police officer stops me, true story. The first thing I do is I go, I breathe and I go. And I'm not saying that the people that have been really brutalized by the police have not had really horrible experiences because that, that's real. But what I do, and I teach this to my son, I have a 28-year-old son. I go, this is going to be the best experience with the police officer I've ever had. And I envision the end. I don't even envision the whole conversation. I envision the officer going, well, well, you know you were speeding and you know it's dangerous. I'm gonna have to, I may have to give you a ticket, but just be careful. Or whatever it is you decide, just see that moment going in your favor. Just see it. I see everything going in my favor. Every, especially the things that are that, that make me afraid, especially the things that worry me. We as a people, as a humanity, have this incredible magic that we think is hocus pocus. Because if you knew how much power you had in your thought and your ex- expectation, no one could control you. Use that power. Expect the best. Expect the police officer to just, at worst, give you a ticket. At best, give you a warning and laugh with you, which has always happened to me mm-hmm. with office with when I've been stopped. You know, uh, the programming of like, oh, the cops just did this and this is horrible. And oh, my God, I'm getting stopped. Oh, my God, he's going to kill me or he's going to. Man, you start creating a world. You start manifesting stuff. And next thing you know, you magnetize that. Probably. Yes. So let's say I'm wrong. I could be. But why don't we experiment? Try it. And that is really, I think, one of the best advice I could give everyone I talk to. Just it's, it's, it's advice based off your direct experience of having done it and absolutely. having manifested it. So it's not... I'm not reading the secret. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. This is like real. I practice it every day. I don't take a meeting before visualizing in my mind the last... What, what I say to myself or my friend after the meeting has ended. And it's usually something like, wow, I can't believe it went even better than I expected. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I, everything in my life, I wake up with my day is it, with uh, that perspective. Is it an uh, intention rather than an actual controlled outcome, would well, you say? Well, you can't really, you know. The, you can't control the outcome, but you can control your energetic field and people read that. But I think you can't, I think, but, but so I think you're, we're saying that you can control the outcome is what I'm saying. You actually can't. You can't necessarily give, you, give details. You can't, yeah, that's you I mean. can't fill yeah. in the details. Mm. But you know, when, when you, like, I get up in the morning and my frequency is this. I always say, thank you for going ahead of me to ensure that everyone I meet and everything I touch conspires to work in my favor. You, you got that one for free now. Because <laughs> that is the most powerful tool 
And I, no matter what's going on, I bring myself to center. Oh, I've, it's already been decided in my favor. This is going to be fine. Especially when it's really coming apart. Like, no, but it's going to be fine. Nope, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. And in my, I have that anchor in my mind the whole time. And then it, it just somehow is. When I'm late, I don't even worry about being late. Because I'm like, it's, I'm going to be exactly where I'm supposed to be. Mm. I know this. Even when the reality says, the outside reality says otherwise. I, and this is not new. All of the great, as I, the recent greats told us this. Mm. And you're bringing your best self to other people by doing that as well. It's not like I'm getting what I want, I'm getting what I want. It's, no. it's, it's intended for everything to work in your favor. The authority inside of you that's saying that is like a higher authority almost. Absolutely. Like, and it's, harmo- it's harmony because what's not in harmony? A, a man being homeless does not work in my favor. You know, a person getting fired from work does not work in my favor. Hmm. Every time there's something that, that is taken away from someone does not work in my favor. Because it creates imbalance, you know, mm-hmm. and w- that person's imbalance affects where cells on a planet. So everywhere there's disharmony affects everything. Look at our environment right now. You know, you want to talk about people always just want to um, isolate the, you know, the environment and, and the war on the environment and not recycling and how we treat the planet. Look at how we treat women and girls and the rape and the, 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 the abuse of women. The planet is a, a female energy. So if you're not gonna, if it's it's the micro to the macro, everything that affects you affects me. Mm. You may not see it directly, but you will see it at some point. And it seems to me lately, the imbalances are popping up a lot faster mm. and mm. relevant to everyone. So you know, it's like you, no one lives in glass houses anymore. So when mm. I say in my favor, I understand that my favor means in balance and in harmony. Because as, if your cup is empty. My, so is my cup, mm, mm. you know. So, but it's it's true. Yeah, and not but, and it's true. It is. It is true. It's it's an amazing knowledge that you tap into that you're revealing right now. Yeah, I think. But I think that it's it's time. Like it's really time. Like when I started researching, you know, it's funny because I've you know I've been on this path for a little while. When I started researching uh, this history, as I said. What I realize now is humanity's history. I realize, wow. Like, and at first, it's like, what do you do with this? Like, how do I? It's like, how would I do with this? I'm just a chef, you know. And a friend of mine actually said to me, with all his good intention, you know, you need to go back to school and get a PhD. <laughs> I laughed. I was like, he questioned, you know, Mister, with all his accolades from Yale and and such. Nothing against Yale, great school. Um, yeah that I, I needed to go back to graduate school. And I said, why? I don't need to, I just need to tell one kid. And that kid will tell another kid. And it's one of those, what do you do with it? And so I decided, well, as you get this information, I started even with you sharing it, like more and more and more. And, and the response has been great. And people are, are going, you, you know, and, and for, for whites as much as blacks, like to, to finally go, you know, I knew there was something. I knew I, no, I didn't feel different from you. And even if you did feel different, to understand that or feel like you were superior or inferior, when you understand the history, you realize it was all manufactured. And then it's like it takes you back to this evenness, you know, because we have to come back to that, you mm-hmm. know, this balance. Because mm-hmm. eventually, we've all seen the horror movies. The, the, <laughs> you have that little city where everybody has everything, and you've ignored that the rest of the world has nothing. 
guess who they're coming for? You. It's just very practical mm. why you need balance. If mm. I have money and you don't, mm. guess who you're coming after? Mm. You know, it's just just self, just just at a basic level, it's self-preservation mm. to understand why we need harmony and the simul the the sameness in all of us. But it's the it's almost the disharmony that again catalyzes evolution. Don't you think? Because it's the extremes. It's the extreme points that we find there's a call to action or a call to adapt. Absolutely. And this is why this point time is so important. This is why this this is why for me this time I would not if whatever lifetime I've lived before, man, I must have really, really done good to be here. Because <laughs> this is really we're the we're literally at the precipice. I mean, and I, I believe I will see it. And I'm, you know, good bit older than you. I will see it in my lifetime. Mm. I will see just a, just look at you know the the LGBT movement, you know. And first of all, that's another little misnomer. Like we were so more evolved to accept people as who they were, and gender and, and sexuality was not a factor all through the histories. Mm. It wasn't even something you talked about. It was so not a factor mm. Mm. in ancient times to to have same sex relationships. In some cases, in major parts of culture, especially in the military, was encouraged. You know, so, you know, that's like shocking. Like now we think we're so, we're so evolved now. And now, you know, gays and, and lesbians and transgender people have rights. Hello, we just came out of the dark age, um, ages of what we brought on in the last few centuries because that's new. Mm -hmm. You know, racism is, is new. As, and the scope of the human, humanity's existence, we are more divided now than we were a thousand years ago. Easily. And that's the that's the the warping of the history, mm -hmm. but we're at this time now. Look at it, like people are questioning. This is this the next fifty years in my mind, and that you can watch, you can see how the cycle works. We're going into a really. I think I really believe that we're we should be optimistic about the place we're going to. It's a great coming together. You think? Yeah, absolutely. There's all the ugly bits are coming up now. Everything, everywhere, globally. Mm. And, and because the planet is evolving, just the whole, I mean, because we're not isolated from, from the planet. We're the micro version of it. And every, if you're not in resonance with, with a positive flow of evolution and love and harmony, what happens on the planet? You get shaken off. It's humanity that we need to worry about, not the planet. Oh, my gosh. The planet the is so okay. so okay. But we, we're <laughs> fucking ourselves. Like, yeah. we're fucking the planet. And that will mean more It's like fuck we're ourselves. stomachache inside of a belly. Yeah. Literally inside yeah. of that's the because the planet, that's all it is. It's, yeah. And we're all the bacteria in the stomach. Yeah. So therefore like That has we're, no purpose. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's good bacteria. Let's remember that. We're the ones that have just like forgotten. We're just a bacteria in a cell. So if you're not gonna function for the cell, this whole body. On a practical level, what does that infrastructure look like, the unification of humanity? Is it a giant organization? Is it everyone just having self-awakening and being more community-orientated? Is it global community? I think it's so many different levels because I think big organizations are so important as well. You know, um, there's so many benefits to some. Like, for example, um, you'll take up like Amazon, and maybe I'm not, I'm not necessarily an economist that can give you the, the actual benefits of uh, Amazon, but because I'm a Prime member <laughs> and I order all my books from Amazon, I can say this, though. There, is, um, there are benefits 
to to large corporations, there are benefits to you know the small independent um, uh, businesses and and people and and farms and and in in bookshops and restaurants and there's all different levels. I think have have a space. You know, that's it's just learning that balance for a, a large company. What's really beneficial is when I see them working with. Uh, a lot of small, a lot. What you may not see behind the scenes are some of the smaller companies that wouldn't have a global platform had they not, were they not able to sell their wares or, or to trade with a larger company. But then that larger company has a responsibility to pay fair, um, the fair value for the, the 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 product. Because when that doesn't happen, what do you see? Places like Walmart and like the, look at the, the 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 imbalance with China that mm. we're having. Mm. So. Um, I think there's a that's the thing about I believe there's a place for the elephant there's a place for the ant you know mm. on this planet and and I think we all need each other and we need the different layers um it's just the memory that we're missing you know of how to make it all work mm. you know I think it's all relevant mm mm-hmm. But you don't have any vision for a particular infrastructure that's practical for. I think the military structure is not is going to um, have less and less relevance. Yeah, and that's the biggest. I think the biggest challenge, and all of us that are thinkers are aware of this. It's like the the the, the, the division is manufactured for a reason. I mean, the 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 the, the one aspect of uh, and I have some my little brother. I love to preface this because I know I have family, my f- close family members in the military. But um, it's not even those people that actually understand the whole mechanisms and the, the machine behind the machine. And if you have division, if I'm afraid of you, and everybody said it, Martin said it, Gandhi said it, they all said it, right? If I'm afraid of you, if I think I'm different and I think you're my enemy, I need to arm myself against you. And if I, don't, if I know you're my brother and I don't think I'm different from you, and if I know I'm, I have two mangoes and you have none. I can at least give you half of one of my mangoes. I'll pass for one. Well, I'm just, I love mangoes. <laughs> I'm just being honest. <laughs> Usually I'll give two, but I'm just being honest. You know, I'm, I'm trying to meet people where they are. You know, you're like two mangoes. Well, let's just give you half. Let's start there. The point is, um, there is, you know, when you under, you have to understand when. So when you, sw- which is why I don't own a television. Mm. You know, I see people on the street and I, it's kind of like I, I, you know, you break the system from like, I'm going to see you as you and me. Like I walk around all the time now imagining I have no mirror and you're my mirror. So right now I'm looking at you and I have oh, that's interesting. a beard. I have a straight nose. I have piercing hazel green eyes. <laughs> I have salt and pepper hair, slightly white afro. <laughs> and that's who I am right now. And... I see myself in everybody. And if you start, whether or not you do it exactly That's like this. That's a really cool thing. But it is. It's, it's when you can, I, for me, you know, I, I feel I do a lot of work with energy. But just practically, if you just go to people, if you just expect people to be you. you That's cool. Unless you're a really fuck. horrible motherfucker, then, you know, run. <laughs> you know? Well, maybe mirrors have fucked us more than anything. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> because we don't no. look at others as ourselves. As, as ourselves. But that's the point. The one establishment that will have to change will have to be the military system. Mm, mm. And it's the only organization globally mm. that benefits from us forgetting ourselves as each other. Yeah. Wow. And we should, we, you know, that's the thing. Is, and that's the thing. And within them, you have humans that have forgotten, too, that 
and the machine has taken over because mm-hmm. you know I can't say that without understanding the passion that a lot of the people that are out there in the military thinking that they're doing something good but mm-hmm. if they themselves stepped into you know themselves as others you know it would it would totally change wow what 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 kind of mass awakening could there be let's ask universe what kind of massive awakening would there be will there be in 50 years wake awakening to who we are as one you know i love asking the universe questions because mm. i'm so limited as a human mm. and when stuff is really confusing to me or like when i'm in that moment of like i just got a ticket and i go i'm tempted to go oh hell how could it and I go, how can I get better than this? And all of a sudden, the police officer has a sister who honeymooned in St. Lucia. And <laughs> next thing you know, he hasn't quite written the ticket yet. And uh, he's also telling me the shortcut to get. And so how can it get better than this universe? Because when you ask those questions, it does. For me. Mm-mm-mm. Every time, it does. Well, it's going to be fun watching it all happen because... One thing's for sure, it's not on our on an individual shoulders. No. It's the collective. It's the collective. And it's, and but it's, you're the collective. Mm-hmm. That's what I tell people. I think the biggest fear, even when you think about doing any sort of like awakening or like my I found that with myself. Like I would get up going, I'm not am I doing enough? You know, am I being a better person? Am I being a good person? How am I helping the planet? Mm-hmm. That is so daunting. And the most important thing that sticks and every time I practice it I realize that I'm just a planet revolving around my own central sun, is when Gandhi said, be the change you want to see in the world. The biggest monsters are the ones that on the screen are doing all this good stuff and they're all blissed out and and wearing yoga pants. We know them and we won't call them out. But then look at what comes up about them. You know, the work has to be so focused on your evolution. And that your evolution is so powerful because your evolution, for for me, it's like, I always think like, again, very practically, um, the law of cause and effect. So, hmm, how do I want to be treated when I'm 80 years old? You know, some old lady cuts the line. She's really wearing me out. I'm late for work and I just need to pay. And I have to pull back and I go, the law of cause and effect. When I'm 80, how do I want to be treated? How did I just treat that woman? It's very much about self-survival. I'm being very practical. I'm very practical. I love everyone. I don't like everyone. And for me, my evolution is very practical. Like, I want to come out of here okay. Mm. And so, if you just even approach it very pragmatically, I'm not trying to tell you to, like, you know, just be Buddha. But you have to understand cosmic law of nature and basic physics. Mm. What you do unto others, Jesus was not talking some airy-fairy stuff. You really do to yourself. Because if you steal from someone, I guarantee you, you're about to lose a lot more. Maybe not today, but probably by next week. Or you will just never have. If you are mean to someone. Or that energetic energetic effect that it has on your body and the way you feel about yourself is enough of a well, it, negative it, it, impact. And it creates a resonance that brings more negative to you. Yeah. I was in a taxi in a taxi once in Athens and I asked the man for what the, the fare was and he said it was this amount. And I was like, okay, cool. He goes, so you don't have to, you know, he says that it was like 27 euros or whatever. So I was like, good, got it, let's go. So we're going and all of a sudden a pebble pops up from the, the pavement and cracks his windshield. And I was like, Oh, man, 
poor guy. I gave him an extra tip. I felt just so much compassion for this guy, you know. On my way back to Athens from where I was, I said to the driver, because, you know, Greece, the economy is not so good. So sometimes you just you hook up a driver by not telling him, don't turn on the meter. I'll give you the cash. Right. And so I said, I know what it is. It's 27 euros. You don't have to turn on the meter. I got you. So he goes, no, it's not. It's 1350 at, um, at night at, at, after 11, it's 27. And I was like, and that guy. And I'm like, as soon as I was saying that, I went, oh, my God. Karma got him right away. <laughs> it was like, boom. Chip on the windscreen. That was so sobering for me. You know, like I'm one of, if you want, if somebody ever says I'm a guru, I'm the guru of self preservation. And I do good because I don't want bad to happen to me. <laughs> and so if you take that on as the practical way to evolve, you will, the entire planet, because, you know, people are, I, People, I don't like anybody to force spirituality on me. Mm. I can just tell you the very practical reasons, even for meditating. Everybody goes, meditate. I think a lot of people stop meditating because they're like, oh my gosh, I have to stop thinking of my mind and it's so confusing. I meditate to medicate. Mm. It balances my endocrine system. It help, releases all this good like GABA and dopamine, all this stuff that people pay for, synthetics. It makes me feel good. It helps me have better memory. It helps my, my brain function. It helps every aspect of my physical health. So even when I'm having a bad day and I'm mad as hell, I meditate. You know, it's the same reason why I do breath work. Mm. It's not because it's like, oh, to get nirvana or bliss. That's a beautiful side effect. Mm. So I, it's to, for the health of my body, very practically. So the same thing when you teach people or tell people about evolution and why you have to be a better person. Most humans, unfortunately, aren't going to do it because, you know, I just want to be like Jesus. But it's like, Jesus did it because Jesus figured it out. You know, do unto others as you want to be done to yourself. It's the most practical way for me to because approach evolution. Because there's no difference. <laughs> there is no difference, but there's, and again, there is no difference. We get, but sometimes that in that scope, the, the illusion is so thick. That there is a difference. They go, so yeah, let's cut yeah, it, look, yeah. forget all that. Karma. You want to evolve. You want to have a good life. You want to have good things happen to you. You want your children to be okay in their future. You want your children to be kind, strangers to be kind to your family or to you or your children. You want to make sure you always have enough. There's a science to this. Mm. Which is karma's just cause and effect, isn't it? That's often Absolutely, that's what it is. It's mi that's, often misunderstood, though. Exactly, it? because it, it gets mystified mm -hmm. into... The, and that's why yeah. the ancients were so evolved. Yeah. They never separated the science and the spirituality. Yeah. I, I, so for me, it's very practical. Can you speak to Kriya, which is just consciousness, or like, you know, that Kriya is when you're living your Dharma or you're on purpose, you create a life force energy that's not... It's a different frequency to cause and effect. It's just like from source outward, source outward, rather than impact, impact, impact. Well, I think it's, it's, it's right. Well, one of the things I have to say, first of all, I want to hear, I think we should hear your perspective on this and I'll give you mine because I have to say in the short period of time I've met you, your knowledge, I'm mm. so impressed with you, little brother, <laughs> and your, your Vedic and your ancient knowledge on consciousness. And mm. so... I would love to hear, because I learned from you too. You know, I love to speak, but I also love 
people that have something to contribute. And part of this dialogue, even though I have dominated most of it. Well, that's why you're here. Yeah, but it's, yeah, I want your perspective on it. My perspective, <laughs> my perspective on it is beautiful. We've, we've yeah. talked about this, but I want to hear. Yeah, say. yeah. My, I just feel it's super relevant for people that uh, don't feel empowered to feel empowered, and I think I love mostly from what you said the combination of looking within for knowledge and then researching for knowledge and then behaving from that position rather than behaving from a reactionary position which people on all walks of life can relate to it doesn't matter what your pain point or impression has been if it's severe racism or if it's just a little dirty look from someone down the street our methodology for transcending these these energies that we get given has been perfectly described by you i think do your research find out like practical ways to overcome these things understand what the fuck is actually going on understand people better and their psyche understand have a better understanding of things and i think that for me that takes just being still being calm quiet in the mind and tuning in and letting all the thoughts and the impressions released from your anatomy so you can be still enough i know when you go into meditation you go for such long periods of time i i don't know for a second which i think some cynics might think you're you're like kind of just using your imagination to construct a reality or something rather i have and it's amazing the one what i have pulled from my imagination to manifest into this physical reality you should be jealous if you're not doing it. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, but, but I mean, the, but the knowledge you're tapping yeah. into isn't yeah. your imagination, I don't at think. All. It's, at all. Because I know the difference in myself when I tap into, I'll call it supreme knowledge, yeah. <laughs> a direct experience with the universal supreme intelligence of everythingness, mm-hmm. what people call God, what people call whatever else, tapping into that source and the, experience, the direct experience of that source energy is never... It, it, it has a taste about it, it as a flavor or a tone about it that's calm as fuck, all knowing, mm-hmm. just tranquil, but mm-hmm. powerful. Mm-hmm. And that's something our fucking brains can't construct. Mm-hmm. So our imagination can't construct that yeah. shit. Our imagination jumps on it and builds fabric around it and design around it. But be sure that we know the difference. <laughs> you know the difference. Absolutely. And it's so funny, though, because you're right. It's just... Um you know, and so my, first of all, imagination, I, again, I like to I tell everyone you should get an etymology book, you know, an old one, because you, when you start really taking words apart and start separating them and really looking at them and looking at their history, imagination is image nation. Image nation, a people that creates with images. Mm. I mean, and everything that you see on the outside came from someone's imagination, Mm. from that Mm. building Mm. to that glass, to that lighter, Mm. to this house. Mm. And because the imagination is so powerful, is why I love even Walt Disney. People, that's one of the reasons kids really resonate with Disney films. It's like, life is nothing but a dream. (laughs) And the power of your imagination is so valuable. It's more than gold which is why you're programmed mm. where your imagination should go. So when you watch a lot of the stuff in media, it's about channeling your imagination to imagine a world like this. Imagine a world where we are 
police are killing us. Mm. Imagine a world where we don't have enough food. Imagine this world. And and so many people are not they they don't understand your imagination is so valuable mm. that it is directed all the time in your everyday life especially mm. through media. Mm. So I choose to take my imagination like a child because that's why they say a child a little child will lead them. Mm. In the in Jesus speak. Your imagination I say mm, you know what but I don't believe that I believe that person is going to be the coolest person I've ever met. I bet you they're going to love me. It's just my imagination. But by the time I get across the street to that person, guess what? I've discovered they do love me. At a minimum, they're not going to sock me in the eye, <laughs> you know? And 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 yeah, and it's really That's powerful. But it's it's true, and mm. I think um for me, I don't know about everyone's truth. Mm. But the most important thing when you talk about the 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 purpose of even research the first one know yourself and that very practically again for me what is the science of this body learn your anatomy very simple things that we've never thought about doing mm -hmm. but once you start peeling the layer starting with yourself the universe opens mm -hmm. what does my heart do like i really wanted to understand myself as soul so i was mm -hmm. like mm what soul? Okay, so if I'm to believe a soul is a sun, then what is a sun? Okay, so what is a sun in my body? What would represent the sun in my body? My heart. Hmm. What is, let me study my heart. What does the heart do practically in my anatomy? So if I want to learn the sun, I study my heart. Mm. If I want to learn everything about my body, because that's where you start with who you are. What is everything that I'm told in the spiritual? I want to know, well, what does it really mean practically? And because I can't know you if I don't know me. That's very real. Definitely. And that's why we feel quite misunderstood a lot of the time. A lot of people feel misunderstood because they haven't got people around them that know themselves. No, yes. And I think one thing I really, that was striking me as you're talking then is this, these layers of the mechanics of existence and this is very vedic but the the deepest layer the unified field of everythingness the middle layer of coming into manifestation and then the materialized layer and w when you talked about our imagination it's just that middle layer like we tap into that deepest layer which is source that quiet all-knowing source center of existence that knows and sees everything and we know when we get a connection with that and a communication mm -hmm. from that and then as much as we know the middle layer the gooeyness the, our imagination, consciousness coming up, bubbling through us, and then we're going to design an infrastructure that comes into the material top layer of solidified consciousness. Yeah. Like a door, it's just solidified consciousness. Right. You know, someone, d it came from an imagination, it came from the a deeper thing. Yeah. yeah, it's a gel, it kind uh -huh. of, it's this Unformed, yeah. the archetypes, all of that yeah. comes from that layer, right? Mm, mm, mm. And it's like the most, it's better than gold. And that's why I love kids. Like, I'm with kids. I'm obsessed with children because they just get me, man. <laughs> like, I meet a little kid. I, I was under a tree. I feel I want to have children. Oh, never my more God. than I've ever wanted in my oh entire my gosh. life right But now. just, in, in just, just if they're children, I tell people, my mentors are children. Like, the, my, yeah. oh, my, they're like kids like Maya Penn who 
she's this incredible kid. My illustrator is is just turned 18. And when I meet kids, my editor is 15, you know. And when I tell, um, yeah, when I tell, I was under a tree with another little friend at the time she was 15. And these two little kids walked by. They were like little blonde hair. And they had a little friend that she was a little chocolate girl with her little braids. And they were walking by in their neighborhood. And they looked at me. And we, Maya and I were literally talking to this tree that was an oak. We wanted to find out its name. So we were like meditating. She at the time was, I think, 15 or 16. And we're under this tree, tapping into the tree to tell us its name. So these little kids walked by and they said, um, they look, what are you doing? We said, we're looking for fairies. And they're like, wow, where? And they jumped off their bikes and they ran under the tree. And we're like, and I'm like, there. She's like, I don't see it. Oh, wait a minute. I see a face. And all of a sudden she started seeing a face in the wood and just and then her little friends talked about the fairy that she saw. And imagine their imagination starts going. Mm, mm. And I was just like so blissed out. Mm. I was like, that's the point. And I watch little kids stare at me sometimes. And I always tell them, I know you're looking at the unicorns flying around my head. And they're like, yeah, you're looking at me like, "Yeah, yeah, I thought those were something. You know, but it's just the point is kids get it. Mm. That's why. I mean, if you look at people like Ben Franklin and some of the greats, Ben Franklin is my Michael Jackson of the American founding fathers. Mm. But most of what he did, he did before he was 30. By mm. 23, he had accomplished so much. And there's so much less programming. Mm. Look at the young people today. Mm, mm. All of the great inventions and the thing that the, the apps and the, the interfaces that are coming out to, to for our everyday lives are coming from young people. Mm. In my opinion, I don't think after 30, I don't think anybody older than 30 should run for president. That's mm. my opinion. <laughs> and I really believe that mm. because they're the ones that are tapping into that field mm. without the programming. They're the ones that are going... Mm, you know, I'll be here for another 60, 70 years if I screw this up. Although I'd argue that the young ones haven't, unless you've got super conscious parents and uh, really the most important thing, the children are going to come into the world with a lot of pain impressions and lack of understanding about I the nature of I didn't have super things. conscious parents. I had very... But you, but you, you were wise after 30. Yeah, I mean, you know, I didn't like, wake up to... You wouldn't have wanted yourself at 25 being a president. I think the right kid, though. I don't think like everyone's capable of being president. Yeah. See what I mean? I, I mean, 99% of the planet's not capable of being president. Gotcha. But I yeah. think that by the time you get to my age and older, and look at the people that run in mm. politics, mm. why anything, is anything working? Mm. Is there unity in any aspect of our, of our societies? Is there harmony anywhere? They come with these layers of programming and separation and in inferiority and, and, mm. and insecurities mm. Mm. and then they layer that out like but they're a product of the system as well yeah. so that's that's another big but to problem. me less time in the system the political the system, more yeah. aware you you the the easier it is for you to if especially if you have come from an environment where you had nurturing parents and a nurturing environment where you have some really important wisdom mm. um i definitely think and i i stand by that mm. i really mm. believe mm. that at, after a certain age I will be, you know, I will give it to a 40-year-old at the most, and I'm older than that. Mm. But I really think that the direction, I, I would love to see more young people mm-hmm. getting into the political space because, for, again, very practical reasons, if you screw this up, you will be alive to eat the mess that you left behind. You will see your children suffer. 
<laughs> you will see your grandchildren suffer. If you're 70 as president, if you're, you may have 10, 15 years left. So whatever, who cares? You don't have to deal with it's it. It's a really good point. You know? It's a really good point. It's very, it's real. <laughs> you know? If Donald Trump was 25, he would make different decisions as a president because by 60, he would be up shit's Creek. I think that guy's too far gone to have even been a good soul at 25, I doubt. Well. But we'll see. On a different, I mean, we dim- won't see. On a different dimension, <laughs> you know, he, as I said, he serves his purpose. <laughs> He does. He does. Thank you, Evelyn, for for sharing all that knowledge. It's so there's so much wisdom and power in there that I think will be super super helpful for people that are listening. Well, I'm just happy to be here with you because (laughs) I can't believe we're in the same space after all these years, (laughs) and I really enjoy our conversations. This is no different than all of the conversations we have and Mm. some of them go so deep Mm. into other dimensions that would probably scare some of our (laughs) listeners but um, at the end of the day you know the one message again is just to see ourselves as each other I mean I think that's one of the reasons I connected with you I still tell people now Mm. it's like I met my little brother that someone took away from me at birth and they moved him to Australia to some random people (laughs) And so, you know, I really never, I felt immediately this, you know, mm. relative when I met you. Mm. And, and this is really a nice continuation of just having a conversation now mm. recorded that we normally have. Mm. And it's my mm. pleasure. Mm. I love how we're family and how we're instantly family. It's so right away. beautiful. Right away. I recognized you. <laughs> yeah, you did. We I re- felt seen. Yeah, we remembered yeah. each other. Yeah. It was great. It's great. Yeah. Love you. Love you too.